Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go, live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Somebody told me they shut down the freeway today in all the accidents. I don't know. That can't be true, right? I'm here. I don't know. It is bad. Bad, bad, bad. When I get up at 6 in the morning, multiple wrecks. A lot of of good things about California. Rain. Nobody's quite sure how to handle it. (laughs) We don't do well here with rain. You said bad, bad, bad. I thought you were talking about the Lamar Jackson situation. Oh, it's I, I mean, it is bad. I, I found an awesome quote that sums it up. Are you ready? Yeah. In the absence of information, people make stuff up. Just, we don't know. We There's so much we don't know about the Lamar Jackson situation right now. And it's it's really killing Lamar. He, he's got to step up and do something. He's just getting hammered right now. And nobody's stopping the bleeding, Colin. So the other quarterback situation that's interesting is San Francisco. Brock Purdy, John Lynch said this week he'd probably be the number one starter. He was 7-0 in games last year where his elbow didn't break. Uh, But they invested a lot of draft capital to get Trey Lance. He also got hurt, and he struggled when he was in, completing 55% of his throws in four games, four appearances. And so Jed York says, you know, despite all the doubts on Trey Lance, he wouldn't change a thing change anything that we've made about the decision with Trey. I, I think Trey has a chance to be great, but it's it's a bonus when you get somebody at the end of the seventh round that ends up coming in and being very impactful for your team. And I mean, I, I've said it multiple times with quarterbacks, whether it was 
Alex and Cap, you know, I mean, watching Jimmy and Jimmy and Trey, and now, you know, Brock and Trey and Sam, you can't have enough good quarterbacks. First of all, the quarterback draft class Trey came out of. We predicted Trevor Lawrence would emerge very quickly as the best. True. We said that um, Mac Jones should work but have a low ceiling. True. I felt Zach Wilson, bust potential. True. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, love the kids, love the potential. We didn't think either were great enough to overcome chaos. So far, Justin Fields hasn't been great enough to do that. Trey Lance, we just we don't know a lot. He just haven't played very much. But if you go back to the 2021 draft class, here is what we absolutely have so far. One star, one who's capable, one who's a bust, and two, we're not quite sure. That is the historic average. You get about one star, a bust, a guy that's good enough to start, and then you got to watch how it works out for a couple, and that would be Trey Lance and Justin Fields. But I'll say this, and I'll always, always respect people for taking big swings. Luca Kyrie took a big swing. I didn't think it would work, but it was a big swing. Is that the Niners needed to take a swing because they had Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mac Jones was just Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a great arm, not a great mover, good at the line of scrimmage, limited athletically. They had that. They had that. They wanted to take a big swing. Secondly, they had a loaded roster and it had success. But they lost to Mahomes, and they were worried about having a great roster without some juice or a special quarterback. So they weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence. He went number one. They weren't going to get him, and the Jets were all in on Zach Wilson. So they were left with a Jimmy Garoppolo duplicate, you know, a guy that's okay, or Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, and they took a big swing. It's what they had to do. And I'm okay with that. I said before, I don't think Kyrie and Luka, because neither plays defense, are a championship team. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be dynamic. I think you have to, at some point, appease Luka. I like the swing. I got no problem with Trey Lance. Right now, in all likelihood, he's going to get one more shot because Brock Purdy, according to reports, won't be ready for the opener. And if that's the case, you're not going to go Sam Darnold. If he's healthy, Trey's going to get a shot. So far in four games, the throwing part they've struggled with. But uh, uh, Kevin Demoff, who is a big shot for the L.A. Rams, came out and told Mike Silver at the San Francisco Chronicle, he said, we got a new wave of general managers, and they're willing to be more aggressive. If we penalize them for their aggressiveness, when a decision doesn't work out, our league will suffer as a whole. When you have a team with as many good players as the Niners, you made a lot more right decisions than wrong decisions. Got to take big swings. And I completely, utterly agree. Don't have a problem at all with Trey Lance. We still don't know how it's going to end. He's going to get one more good shot. And uh, But if you start looking around at that draft class, it gave us a star, a bust, a capable, and two we don't knows. That's generally how it works if you have four or five in the first round. Nick Wright would be a first rounder, co-host First Things First, joining us live. So we were uh, uh, we listened to the um, the Matt Lafleur quotes on Jordan Love. They they weren't exactly Mahomes like. <laughs> they were let's progression, let's let's temper our enthusiasm. I'm like, okay, so we don't have Patrick or Josh Allen. Um, 
What is your guess on Jordan Love today, Nick? Oh, listen, I think that he should, he projects to out to be a league average starter. I don't think he'll be a bust. I think he'll be fine. I think sitting, I think the stability of the Packers organization actually has been helpful. And I think there is a chance that the Packers next year win that division if Detroit doesn't take the big leap everyone seems to be anticipating that they are going to take. But I don't think moving to Jordan Love was about Jordan Love, Colin. I think it was about they had to get out of the Aaron Rodgers business. I, I, you know, I saw Mark, Mark Tauscher, I think it was former Rodgers teammate, saying that Rodgers, the entire relationship was ruined with how they treated Jordy Nelson. And then it really was finalized with the draft pick of Jordan Love, which I would agree with. It's like, ah, the marriage never got over, you know, when uh, there was an instance of infidelity. But if in between the infidelity and the divorce, you guys renew your vows in front of all your family and friends, I'm going to say, well, something good happened. Right. He signed a contract extension. After all of this, it's like, oh, it's ruined. I, it never worked. I'll take the $150 million. And then for Rodgers to go on McAfee and to say, I want direct communication. I need direct communication. And then Gutenkunst to come out and say, dude won't answer our calls or texts. I'm going to trust that Brian Gutenkunst telling the truth there, in which case it's another instance of Aaron Rodgers misleading us. Yeah. And I think the Packers just said, we can't go forward with this guy and with our entire franchise at his whims, especially when last season he did look like a significantly declining player. You know, I said earlier today on the show, Nick, there's five quarterbacks. If they were available on the market, there would be a mad scramble to get them. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, um, I, some, Joe, I, Burrow. Joe Burrow. I said, okay. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Half the league would call. Then there's another four to five guys. Lamar's in this group. There's going to be interest, but there's a concern. Jalen Hurts has only had one great year. Stafford got old fast. Aaron's prickly. Uh, Lamar, last 22 games, he's missed 10. Um, and you say to yourself, that's not fair. But if I'd have made that list that's up fair. a year ago, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray would have been in the first or second group. Two years ago, Deshaun Watson would have been in the first and second group. And things, Nick change and I do think with Lamar the noisiness and the injuries scare people don't they a hundred percent and here listen I I think many teams should be going after Lamar Jackson I think it's crazy that the Patriots and the Falcons are just ruling themselves out I think the Colts should be going after Lamar Jackson I believe all of that to be true I also believe that there are well-founded reasons why people would have some trepidation because of, if we are going to count the reasons, the injuries. There's one. A second one is, I don't think he has handled this entire process like 
a CEO of your franchise type. I think the stuff with the, the business partner, it's like, no, this guy doesn't represent me, but here's the home gym. It's like, hmm. He tweeted out, here's where you can get all your Lamar Jackson news. And I know this is going to sound petty, but I think it probably matters. That is a poorly made website. Looks like a GeoCities page from 20 years ago. It's like, that doesn't, you got, you, you're, you're trying to brand yourself here as the face of a next franchise. And here is where I think the Lamar Jackson, I'll throw one other thing out there. And again, maybe this sounds petty, but if I were running a team, it would at least cause some trepidation. He gets sick a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about injured. I'm talking about sick. And, and it's like, is there, I know there was some speculation that his sleep schedule or his nutrition is off. Those are all things that would at least give me some pause. I think there has been, in some corners of the media, some hesitation to be anything but full-blown supportive of Lamar because he was so unfairly criticized early and coming into the league and so much of it felt obviously racial that I think well-intentioned people want to make sure they don't get painted with that brush, that they are not saying what they truly believe, which is while Lamar Jackson is clearly one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league and clearly should have a stronger market than we are currently seeing, it might be materializing if he was conducting his business the way it looks like Jalen Hurts conducts his. It might be materializing if he had a professional team around him helping him through this. It is not a no-risk proposition. I will say one other thing about it. I understand why Lamar wants the Deshaun Watson deal. But if we all in the media agree, that was a disastrous deal for the Browns. Yeah. They gave up too much. They paid too much. I understand why other teams or the Ravens would be saying, we are not going to follow the pattern of a poorly run team that made a bad decision. I get why Lamar wants it, but I get why other places would be hesitant to give it. So I, I was talking about this earlier. The greatest boxer of all time, heavyweight, is Muhammad Ali. And the reason is because of his footwork, his speed, his power, his IQ, his psychological effect on opponents. It transcends time. He would have been good 70 years ago. He'd be dominant today. I believe Walter Payton's the best running back I've ever seen. Why? Because oh. his power, his speed, uh, his inability to run over you, run past you, run through you. I think he'd be as good a running back as the league has today. What, when you talk about the greatest, not all-time great, the greatest, you have to consider, could they plan any era? That's why I think Larry Bird ages brilliantly because even today, the sure. game, he was almost European before European, ball handling, shooting, passing. He was so highly skilled as a forward. So I put the all-time sure. starting five up for me, and I, I, I see, okay. I see Matt Jordan's you can't retract him. LeBron and Kareem. I do think Giannis, we may get to a point in six years with Giannis and Larry Bird. You're like, we got to put him somewhere. But I said this about Steph Curry. Magic and Steph were both poor defenders. But 10 years ago, the game changed. And the more it changes to a shooter's league in 20 years, it's going to age sure. much more towards Steph Curry than Magic, who I loved. And I watched Curry, you know, last night, eight threes, eight rebounds. It's unbelievable. It, by the way, so I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I do think Steph could unseat Magic in three or four years, more titles, more scoring. Is it off the table for you? Well, 
I don't think he's going to get more titles. Magic's got five. Right. And so Steph would have to get to six. Here's what I, I, I – it's not off the board, and I'm glad you posed it like this. And then I don't know if you want to talk Shaq because okay. there's a funny Shaq argument for your center spot. But yeah. on Magic, I just want the audience to understand what Magic Johnson, who he was as a basketball player. Forget what he did in college, the amazing resume, and forget even year one as a rookie yeah. throwing up a 42-15-7 and seven to win the title. Magic Johnson – played 12 years in the league before he had to retire due to HIV. In those 12 seasons, he was top three MVP nine times. He was first-team All-NBA nine times. He made the NBA Finals nine times. (laughs) So 75% of his years, his team was in the Finals, and he was considered at the end of the year either the best, the second best, or the third best player in the league. He won the MVP award three times. He won five rings. And then he retired fresh off a Finals appearance and missed four years. And his first game back, I think, had 19, 7, and 10 (laughs) at 36 years old, overweight, having missed four seasons. So Magic... You again, because he missed that time, I guess the when the door is open. Yes. But people need to understand a lot of people believe the eighties was the hardest era of basketball. Michael Jordan won one playoff game yeah. his first three years in the league in in the brutal east in the eighties. Magic Johnson helped run roughshod over that decade. So, yes, Steph has work to do, but to me what Steph has done is put himself in that, not not in the conversation of the all-time pantheon, but right there. And the guys he is chasing now, to me, are Shaq and Akeem and Kobe and Bird. Those are the next guys up before you get to Duncan and Magic and, of course, Kareem. Michael and LeBron. Yeah, I say Kareem's the greatest center ever. Russell has the most titles as a big and a player. But Wilt and Shaq, despite being distracted for big chunks of their career, were probably the most gifted. But focus matters. It's why Brady's the GOAT and LeBron arguably is. They're so laser focused. LeBron, Brady, and Kobe in their prime, all it was was sports. Then Brady late, LeBron late, yep. Kobe post. Then they moved into Hollywood and business. But Shaq is doing blue chips year two and Kazam three years later. And the downside of that is Kareem wasn't. Mostly Kareem was, you know, first of all, he played 20 years. So you're, you're, Shaq said this week he was jealous of LeBron when he had the scoring title. What was your take on that? Well, I understand that. And I think it is a testament to Shaq's greatness that he is one of the 12 greatest players ever, has the most dominant three-year final stretch. I mean, the guy was 35 and 16 over three consecutive finals, Uh, and he didn't achieve his full potential. And you know, does that make like he was that great and that productive and he still could have been better? Yeah. The argument for Shaq is a different type of argument because there is no argument he's the best ever. There is no credible argument that he's better than Kareem. Kareem's got six MVPs. Kareem, yeah. but, but the argument for Shaq is this, Colin, and I say this obviously as the LeBron guy. If, if the question is, I get one player all time for one game and I am guaranteed that they are at the peak of their powers. 
is Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> the number one draft pick ever? Yeah. And I think the answer to that might be yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that ape, I, even though I have Akeem ahead of him and Bird and Duncan and Kobe, all these guys, if the question is for one game or even one series, you, I can have Apex Michael, Apex Braun, Apex Kareem, Apex Shaq, who can, be, you know, he averaged, I think it was 38 and 17 against the Sixers in those finals, who had the defensive player of the year, Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> if you are giving me Apex Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. that might be my number one draft pick, but the body of work is not enough. He wasn't at that apex long enough for him to be considered the greatest ever. Yeah. But that is his argument yeah. right there. Uh, for the record, that there's the similar argument with Tyson. If you got Tyson when he had custom model, that's right, when he had really capable people in the corner and was ascending and it wasn't the circus later for one fight against Ali. Well, I mean, it's that, the, Tyson the right, was unbelievable. And it's also the argument... It's the argument right now for Patrick in football. Yeah. If you were to tell me I get one quarterback all time for a game at his apex, yeah. I think unquestionably you'd rather have Mahomes than Brady. But for the totality of the career, it's obviously Brady for at least another, I don't know, once Patrick wins three in a row, Colin, and has an undefeated season, will that put him over? Does he have to get some <laughs> rings? I'm not sure. But um, but we'll see. But, yeah, the, the apex versus the totality is the question, and Tyson's a great argument there. Okay, we got a minute left. Let's yeah. pivot back to football. Aaron Rodgers. I don't get the Super Bowl stuff at yeah. all. He's proven uh, when he gets a new system, it generally takes him a year to ramp up. It, it, even with Hackett and Green Bay, with a great O-line, stability, it yeah. took him a year to really crank up. Uh, I think they're going to be a 9-8, and 10-7 and 7 team if Aaron got there. That feels right to me. What say you? Yeah, I don't get it. I, I understand why the Jets are doing it. They haven't had consecutive years of high-quality quarterbacking, arguably, since Namath. So I get why they feel like we got to do this. Yeah. But I would, to me, they are they're in their own division. They're not better than Buffalo. They probably aren't better than Miami. And if the Patriots were to get Lamar, which they should, I don't know if they will, I don't know that I'd have them above New England. I just don't know what the model is for a clearly deteriorating player to then immediately at this age bounce back. I understand yeah. some would say, well, what about Favre? And I guess that would be the argument. He's following that same trajectory. But Favre also was one of one as far as, I don't even know if it's how he took care of his body, but just what he was, how tough he was and what he was able to play through. Yeah. To me, the age was less of a factor. I don't get it. I don't understand the smoke or the steam with the Jets at all, and I I don't think they're making the right decision in handing their franchise over to a guy who does not seem to be reliable at this point. Nick Wright, first things first after us. As always, buddy, great seeing you. You too. Great talking to you, Colin. Yeah, the Shaq, that's a really fun argument. One game prime, one series prime. Shaq was... Um, over, I, you know, I was in the stands for that Laker Blazers series where the Blazers had leads in almost every game. Lakers couldn't stop Rashid Wallace, went to a game seven at Staples, one of the best games, probably the best basketball game I've ever been to live. And it's hard. Arvidas Sabonis was so big. So I covered him in Portland. Arvidas, I always said he was a refrigerator with a head. 
you stand next to him. He was so large and so big and so wide. And he took his shirt off during that series. You know, I'm in the locker room and he's got like holes and blood. And that's what facing Shaq was like. I, I Shaq today against all the Euro centers. <laughs> I mean, when Shaq's early days running the floor, you've just never seen anything like it. it how's, how's this prime Shaq or prime Elijah one? Well, Shaq. Again, it's, it's close. I you know got, you wa- well, Akeem outplayed him. Akeem's game was different. It was very technical in his footwork. But as an overpowering force of nature, Shaq was an avalanche. I mean, he, you could not stop it. Well, he except was, in the finals when Elijah won ate his lunch. But uh, it was a little younger Shaq uh, back then. Yeah. Shaq is, Listen, I know Shaq is dominant. Like when you, if you lived in L.A. during the Shaq Kobe years, I did not, but I love that team. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, there's three teams in my life in the NBA that have an argument that they're the greatest ever. Jordan's Bulls, okay. Shaq Kobe with a great coach, and then the Kevin Durant Steph Clay first right, right, couple right. years. Those, those there's no fourth. I don't want to hear about anybody else. The Celtic teams were very very. They'd be four. The Bird McHale yeah. the, the, when they brought Walton in for that year or two. That's four, but... The problem with the Kobe Shaq versus the Durant Curry Warriors... By the in, way, in Lakers, a, Kareem and the Magic had a year or two. They they would probably be fourth over... Yeah, in the mid-80s. Yeah. But the Kobe Shaq teams were very top-heavy, whereas the KD Curry, the depth... I mean, they had four starting Hall of Famers, basically. Yeah, but how would the Warriors... Shaq would score 60. Good, and they would lose. Because three is more than two. And Curry... And- By the way, they had... That team had Derek Fisher could hit a three... <laughs> Oh, oh Col- Derek Fisher. Kobe oh, was Kobe, Derek Fisher. Kobe was all but, first team defense. Uh, listen, I love this topic, but you know what's going to happen. Draymond Green's going to be at the top of the key setting screens. And what is Shaq going to do? Sit in the middle of the paint? Because he can't guard anybody on the perimeter ever. He's way too big. Kobe was Kobe all first team NBA. So you had the best wing player in the league and the most dominant big. Yeah. That's, like, that's never uh, happened, has it? You, in the history of the league. It's just two dudes. The Warriors, that team would eviscerate no, them. And I'm a big Lakers guy. I think the Lakers had a lot of role guys. They would probably get one game in the series. I mean, go back to that roster. But Derek Fisher was Robert Horry, big shot yeah, Bob. Big shot Bob, yeah. Very good player. Fisher, great three. He yeah. could hit threes. Yes. Yeah, Rick Fox, I think. Was oh, on. yeah, Rick Fox. KG the, veteran. Uh, go to Rick Fox they and Boston. They were great. I get it. They could not sniff the Warriors with KD. No shot. You'd have that. You'd have the genius Phil Jackson against. He's a mentor of Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr would be shaking oh and nervous. You really, I think you're, you're trying to talk yourself into it. Call it four one or four zero. <laughs> no way. Those, those Shaq Kobe teams. You had to see them on the floor. It's hard to explain. You could look at that, and you got. I'm looking at Phil Jackson, Shaq, and Kobe. And, and the role players were all good. Like, if Derek Fisher's not on that team and asked to score somewhere else, he could. So could Ori. Go, what, what, what did Rick Fox average in Boston when they needed him to score? Wasn't he like 17 a game? Am I out of my gourd there or am I close? I don't probably, have my Rick Fox close. data in front of me. By the way, they, me. yeah, they destroyed a bad Sixers team in the finals, remember? Ooh. Iverson and Well, you m- beat who you Mutombo. beat. They're on the schedule. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That Cavs team without Kyrie, Matthew Dellavedova and LeBron. They, they the also Warriors. beat the team with Kyrie and LeBron. <sighs> Boy, one more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you like. Good song, the Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? 
Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including... J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. 
Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm trying to, I'm having to set J-Mac, an East Coaster. I'm, I'm trying to tell him there's always been an East Coast bias, right? Like we know this because the media is all, the networks are all based 100%. in the East. You had to sit in an arena and watch Phil Jackson, Shaq, and Kobe in a series of very good guys. People forget the Derek Fisher, the Robert Ories, the Derek Fox. When they, when they, Rick Fox, you go look at when they went 16 and one in the playoffs, most blowout wins. That team was shooting threes. That was like 15 years before the league moved to threes. They would play so well today. That Laker team is an all-time yeah, team. It, no, they certainly. were shooting. If you go back to that Sixers final, how many three-pointers did they make in that final? I just had called it up. So the Lakers made 36 threes okay. in the final. That's 10 years before the league moved into the three, and that's with Shaq. Over five games. So 36 divided okay. by five. Okay, that's five seven games. Seven threes a game. Seven threes a game. That's a, that's a half for Steph Curry. Okay. The league wasn't shooting them then. Yes. So what I'm saying is that team was is arguably you could make an argument that's the best team ever because the, the, they would really struggle the warriors have first of all the warriors are the smallest team in the league and Shaq is the most dominant big in the last 30 years so it's a it's not a great matchup and kobe was also a nine-time all defense you put him on curry he mm-hmm. wouldn't stop him He'd make life miserable. Well, let's settle down on that. Just to be clear, uh, they actually went 15-1 and because the first round was only a best of five. So they went 15-1. and The Lakers with, uh, I'm sorry, the Warriors with Durant and Curry went 16-1. and Their lone loss was when I believe the Cavs hit like 98 three-pointers in one game. Remember yeah. LeBron, Kyrie, we're, we're, Kevin we're Love, they not- went off. It was the greatest three-point shooting game in like finals history. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not discount. I am saying the three greatest teams are the KD Steph Warriors, Shaq Kobe Lakers, and then the MJ Bulls. Mm. But it does feel like that the Warrior Bull teams are penciled in and people just sort of overlook Shaq Kobe. I'm not saying that as an LA guy. As much as Kareem and Magic teams were great, they don't age as well because the two best players didn't shoot threes. That Shaq Kobe team, I think people forget. And a lot of this is because of Phil's triangle and the Mm -hmm. spacing on it. That team was shooting and hitting threes, a lot of them, 10 to 15 years before we even talked about that as part of the game. It's a big part. To be clear, the Jordan team you're talking about, is it the first three or the second three? Well, they're because, both, they're, you know, they're different teams, right. but I still got Michael and Scotty with both. The right. rest the, of it's... But the Rodman, Kukoc, Kukoc however you say Kukoc. Last, Tony, Tony Kukoc. Kukoc. Yeah, he was good. He was arguably the best Euro at the time. And also, I yeah. do think Rodman was, you know, he was the uh, ointment. He was the irritator. He was he, the Pat was, Beverly before Pat Beverly. Well, he was the Draymond Green. Draymond Green, better example. By yeah. the way, I, I don't remember perfectly, but... There was an old Horace Grant on those Laker teams. Rick Fox could be in your face. You're a Rick Fox guy. Well, I just think Rick averaged about 15, 16 for the Celtics. The Lakers didn't ask him to be that. But Rick was a guy that gave up. When Kevin Love played with LeBron, he gave up points. Bosh played with LeBron, gave up points. Now, now Fox didn't score to that level, but Rick gave up some of his game to be an instigator, a feisty, he'd get in your face. Rick, you know, Rick was more than good looking. He could play. He could, and so the great teams, Rodman, Draymond, they've got a guy that just is a, a squeaky wheel. He's an annoyance. So that Laker team had that. They had, you just, it, it was impossible to defend him. You had to double 
or triple Shaq, or he would just score. So you essentially, it left all these Lakers, Kobe, Derek, Ori, they were always wide open. And then you add Phil's dimension, the three, the triangle. You go look at highlights of those teams, people were flummoxed. You didn't know what, they were bored. They were so great by the third title run that those Laker teams, if you read Jeff Perlman's book, Three Ring Circus, they were bored. They were like, the, the, the biggest issue was, is Kobe's ego <laughs> and Shaq, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't about the league. Are we going to blow up? The, the league was secondary. Nobody could, the only team that matched up with them was Portland because Arvidas was good and Sheed was unstoppable. They didn't have a forward to stop Sheed. All right, J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herd Line It's funny because the way you wax poetic about a guy like Rick Fox, I think boy, he, he was solid, but on the 73-win Warriors, Harrison Barnes was a better basketball player than Rick Fox in like every aspect practically. And we don't think of Harrison Barnes as good because they just jettisoned well, him. He Remember, this was one of the best high school players in the country. He goes to UNC. He's like a top 10 pick. Harrison Barnes, really, he's on the Kings this year. They're winning a lot. But Harrison Barnes just gets lost in the shuffle. And it's like, Rick Fox, well, yeah, he was... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... I'm just saying great teams, if you look at them, always have players. The Bulls had Ron Harper. Yes. Ron Harper's an all-star who said, I'm going to come here and be part of a team. Rick Fox, more of a score with the Celtics, be part of a team. Harrison Barnes, going to be part of a team. The great teams all-time are so great. The, the one thing they all have in common is they have these peripheral players who pull back. Ron Harper was a substantial scorer when I think he played with the Clippers. He went. He, he was like the fifth. He was the fourth offensive option for the Bulls. He was like the Clippers. I think their first scoring option. Yeah, I think he was with Cavs. He was good too. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that because Kevin Love, same deal with LeBron, Chris Bosh. Yeah. Same deal. A little that, sacrifice. They could have been better. Yeah. yeah. But the reason the Heatles don't match up as an all-time team, they had no size. They really no size, and it, that team was top-heavy. That that team was three dudes. Yeah, by the way, soup. Three dudes and Ray Allen hitting a jumper, but that that, that team was tiny. Joel Anthony and I mean they weren't they don't match up at all yeah, with that Mario Laker Chalmers team. back on here. Never mind. Anyways, uh, let's go to Lamar Jackson. Colin, this is uh, this is a great find. So um, one of the knocks that you've had on Lamar and a lot of people have is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. Now remember this last season. He was unhealthy, and then I'll never forget, we talked about it on the show, Adam Schefter said, December 24th, Lamar Jackson is expected back. Yeah. He never returned. Yes. Okay? So Lamar went on social media and was sparring with the unwashed masses, and here's what he had to say. I don't remember me sitting out on my guys week one versus the Jets to week 12 versus the Broncos. How come all of a sudden I sit out because of money in which I could have got hurt at any time within that time frame when we know the Super Bowl's been on my mind since April 2018. Let's get real. I'd rather have a 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now, that's selfish to me. What Lamar is saying is that I he could was healthy and could have played he at the end of the season, played. and it was over money. So does that change your whole, he's not available, he's missed X amount um, of games, like... Maybe he didn't miss that many games. Maybe he was sitting out because of money late in the season. I don't like that either. Why? They didn't pay him. He was being, he had, you know, his fifth-year option. Yeah, I mean, it's did he play for free? He did could I have miss gotten that? paid. He was an MVP. He was taking him to the playoffs. You pay your guy. Josh Allen got paid early. He had a fifth-year option guaranteed salary. You don't think Josh Allen and Mahomes were in the same boat? 
they didn't they got, sit. Josh Allen got paid. That's just because Josh Allen, who's never been hurt, is he's also Denver won an MVP. I'm kind of with Lamar on this, Colin. I don't know if you've held so out. So basically, in, uh, in the middle of a show, if your contract and you're being paid, you were being paid by Fox, guaranteed. But you're not being paid what you want. Where'd J-Mac go? He's just not available. No, in my back, you know, the chair. It's, I, I'm that, that's what you're up. advocating. That's, that's that's your position. Maybe not me, but for Lamar Jackson. Where, if you're healthy listen, and you're a quarterback and you're being paid, play. I could do TV radio for the next 30 years. Lamar's window is small. Oh, yeah, yeah. His, he's not NFL, not for long. Come on, Colin. Come around on this. No. You're healthy. You're being paid. Play. I got, I got a sport called the NBA that already are, believes in your theory. I'd like to keep one that believes in mine, which is any employee being paid and healthy should go to work. Crazy me, zany Colin. Yeah, whoa, whoa, coward's way out there. Healthy, being paid, and go to work. Whoa, hot take. I guess we disagree on this. I guess we disagree. Uh, next up, Ron Rivera said this week, the Commanders won't be going after Lamar Jackson. Instead, they'll have second-year QB Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And oh, don't forget free agent edition Jacoby Brissett as their QBs next season. Ron Rivera expects to see shades of Brock Purdy from Howell in the future. Maybe even go with Sam because we think Sam's going to be a good football player. We really do. I don't think this is as much a, a, a wild shot as people think it is. Um, and again, part of it is because you watch a young man like Brock Purdy have the season that he had last year, and you would like to think, wow, we have a guy that's got the same type of ability and skill set. Time out. Ron. Brock Purdy is playing with an all-star team, so they don't ask him to do any big lifts. Because Washington doesn't have that personnel, so Sam Howell's going to have to at some point carry a decent offense. Brock Purdy just don't wreck the Mercedes. They didn't ask Brock Purdy to carry anything, just... Drop back, here's the scheme, deliver an accurate pass. Sam Howell does not have, he's going to have a burden of carrying a franchise. Well, wait a minute. He's got Terry, Terry McLaurin, Mc- who's oh, an nice elite player. receiver. He's nice not player. quite Debo, but he's up there. Jahan Dotson was a good rookie. I mean, mm-hmm. high pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Samuel, very solid. That, 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 solid, good, solid, And they're going to draft, if you saw my mock draft, they're going to draft Michael Mayer mm-hmm. out of Notre Dame. Solid, good. that guy. Yeah, yeah, you hear he's the Niners? Kittle. The great Christian McCaffrey, the great Debo, the great Kittle, the great Trent Williams, the great Kyle Shanahan. You got solid guys. Well, they got Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle. Good, good. <laughs> Brian Robinson at running back. Uh, I'm with you. Finally, we agree on something. Jeez, Wednesday, Cowherd, Ornery, Collin, middle of the week. It's the rave. <laughs> got you down. Final story, Kevin Durant. He's back in action tonight. Oh, oh, oh. my gosh, yeah. He's missed 10 games with the ankle sprain. Oh. You know, he turned it in that layup line. Finally ready to return tonight against the Timberwolves. Oh, I'm watching. It'll be his home de- de- debut with the Suns. I, I love how our video people keep pulling the knit hat since you like went on a rant about how cool that, that looks. So he, I didn't know he was making his debut tonight at home. He, uh, he's supposed to be. Well, last time he tried to. Remember the ankle and the layup line. I I'm don't ex- know. Okay, I'll watch Did that game tonight. Did you tell him to skip the layup line tonight before the game? <laughs> Brutal. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Live. When you shoot, news. you score with Consumer Cellular. Switch save 250 bucks a year. Talk text data starting Limited time offer, $25 off at ConsumerCellular.com slash The Herd, promo code The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. Who you don't know 
is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally how you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton. Those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. 
Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You have a chance to win $5,000 for free every week during the NBA season playing Fox Bet Super 6. Download the Super 6 app on your phone and enter your six-game predictions for a chance to win big tonight. Uh, by the way, Woody Johnson, owner of the Jets, came out yesterday and said, I'm not patient. Jets have to win now, which is not realistic. That's why they're going after Aaron Rodgers. The Packers know the Jets don't have much of a backup plan for this year. They also know Woody Johnson is impatient. They also know Robert Sala has to win or could get whacked. So that's where you are with Woody Johnson and the Jets. They don't really have a backup plan. But I'll make this argument again. I think the Jets have a great backup plan. Start Zach Wilson and go get one of the two great quarterbacks next year. It's just one year. It's a great backup plan. Remember, on average, this year in the NFL, there were four lousy teams. Houston, Chicago, Arizona Colts. That's about the league average. There's numbers we know are true in the NFL. Seven to eight coaches will be replaced. There'll be about four lousy teams a year. Um, half the playoff teams won't make it the following year. Those numbers are, they go on forever, right? So next year, we know there's some bad teams potentially. Carolina, rookie quarterback. Houston, rookie quarterback. Indy, Arizona. But Carolina, Houston, Indy are taking quarterbacks this year, we presume, and Arizona's not drafting them because of Kyler Murray's contract. So the Jets and Atlanta look like two teams. If the Jets played Zach Wilson, Atlanta plays Desmond Ritter, would have a little bit of a pop gun offense in an offensive league. They've got some talent, but probably win five games. A lot of the other teams that could potentially be bad again next year, Houston will have drafted a quarterback. Maybe a Carolina will have drafted a quarterback. Colts will have potentially drafted a quarterback. So and, and, and the other teams that may need a quarterback are going to be far behind the Jets. So when you got a Drake May at Carolina and a Caleb Williams at USC, those are A-plus prospects. Doesn't mean they're going to be superstars, but I've said before, Andrew Luck, I said it two years before he came out, was a can't miss. Trevor Lawrence, to me, was a can't miss. Caleb Williams, to me, looks like pretty close to a can't miss. Probably need to see a little more of Drake May, but he looks special. So I, I think that is a backup plan. I think it's a viable one. Um, you know, what was that campaign years ago in Indy? Suck for luck. That was the campaign. It worked. If Andrew Luck had a GM that surrounded him with protection up front, he'd still be in the league, and they would be winning division titles. So um, I... You can go in on Lamar. You can go in a lot of directions. But if the worst thing that happens is you're like, yeah, the Aaron thing doesn't work. He goes back to the Packers or retires. In the AFC, Jets could be a five-win team. Doesn't mean they get blow out a ton. Zach Wilson would probably be better. But 
It's just a year. That's all it is. It's just a year. They're not doing that, dude. Come on. Uh, I'm looking at the Andrew Luck situation. So the year before Luck arrived, Peyton Manning had that uh, surgery situation. He was on a franchise tag, and he was slated to play, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's going to be inactive. He was never placed on IR. So it was a soft tank because you had a Hall of Famer who was like, okay, we're going to sit him out, we're going to sit him out, we're going to sit him out, and then when you realize we're awful, let's just get Andrew Luck. You can't do that with the Jets. You cannot say, we're going into the season with Zach Wilson. No fans will show up. Ticket sales will crater. It will be a disaster for the business. The coach and GM will be fired. It ain't happening. Mm. Good luck. (laughs) Hour three is around the corner in L.A. It's the Herd. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 